Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Cordell Riley. I am very excited to have you with us today. I am incredibly excited to have Brent Baldwin with us today. Brent is with thinkworldclass.com. Cordell, thank you so much for having me. Super, super. So Brent, obviously I've had the pleasure of meeting you and talking a little bit before and certainly reading your bio, but maybe tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what thinkworldclass.com does. Sure. I I spent many, many years in the uh, financial services industry and real estate and insurance and a variety of fields along those lines. And, um, you know, Cordell, I got to the point where I really have always been very intrigued with personal development, personal growth. And um, I got to the point in my life and I thought, my goodness, this is the time to actually step out and start doing what I've been talking about all these years. So I started with a, a humble blog and, uh, and, and the blog has quite grown quite remarkably, uh, much to my surprise. I think when I started three years ago, I had uh, my mother and my wife were uh, the only subscribers that I had. And, and now I've got an international audience on my blog and podcast of Many thousands, that I'm proud to say. So it's uh, that's sort of the baseline where I've started from. And uh, I've written two books, uh, Think World Class, and um, the second book just released this past week, World Class Thinking, and um, taking a different approach to to the writing side of it. And uh, in addition to that, I do a lot of personal coaching, keynote speak, speaking, speaking. Um, things along those lines. So I've, I've got a, a number of activities or things that I do, but it's all within that, that, that genre of personal development that I, I really do love and enjoy. Super, super. So Brent, quick question, your wife and your mother still, still subscribers today? You know, I haven't looked, Cardell. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they are. I hope I, hope I do too. I do too. <laughs> super, super. So, Brent, as I was reading your bio, and I want to look at this, I want to quote this right. One thing that jumped out at me that when it talked about what Think World Class does, I'm going to read this, is about choosing to shift our thinking today rather than living with the intentions of doing it tomorrow. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, thank you. And that's a, a great place to start the conversation. There's so much. When it comes to the personal development, I think that what oftentimes we try to do and what's actually presented by a lot of people at the front of the room or in books that we read and other, other materials is that, you know, it's a massive change that they're promoting. It's, it's, not just, it's not just one or two things. You know, there is a huge lifestyle change that's being, being suggested or, or massive change of, of some description to get different results than what people are getting today. And, you know, that may be sustainable for a short period of time. But, Cordell, I don't know about you, but I, I know over a long time when I try to do changes that are that big, that large, and that comprehensive, you know, that may affect my life uh, socially, from a family standpoint, from a business standpoint, it's hard to sustain it, if not impossible to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with any one of us as a baseline. We've all got character traits and unique things that are, are, are wonderful 
traits that, uh, that we should be embracing and, and, and celebrating individually. So what we need to do is maybe shift a few things rather than change the whole, whole dynamic, to change the whole conversation. Shifting a few incidental things that will also dovetail and support who we are as individuals. And that way, through that minor shift, we're able to be, we will be able to sustain it and, and implement it and integrate it into our lives and keep it there for a longer period of time, reaping the results that, that we want to get. You talked about shifting and doing things better, doing things differently. You know, what are some simple things that we as individuals can do to improve performance? You know, are there some simple things that you can think of that you'd love to share with the audience that can help everybody kind of improve their performance? Absolutely. The, the first thing I think, or the fun, the one thing that I think is, is very much fundamental to any kind of shift, any kind of change in process, is there is a, a, a formula that I, I work with. And I think it was Larry Wilson who actually originated this, but um, I've used it to my own, uh, on my own uh, for, for many years. And I do give credit, uh, the late, great uh, Larry Wilson credit for all he put into the world. And this was uh, one of those wonderful things. But you have to start with a certain amount of dissatisfaction. There's got to be something that you're just is not right, that you're not happy with, that you want to, you want to be different in your life. Because if you haven't got that dissatisfaction, Cordell, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, you might as well just pack it up and say, that was a good thought. It was something that uh, I gave a bit of thought to. But, you know, when a con push comes to shove, I'm not completely dissatisfied with life the way it is right now. So yeah. if, if you're dissatisfied and uh, you want something different, then you're going to have the fire in your belly to be able to meet the slings and arrows of the naysayers or, or meet the obstacles that are going to be in your way. Then the next thing that you're going to need to know is what you want. You know what you, know what you don't want. What do you want? So if you've got an idea that you know, you're just unhappy with it, you know what you want, the next part is maybe the big one, and that's the process. How are you going to get there? What are you going to do on a step-by-step basis? And, it, and map it out on a linear, a linear perspective so that you, can, you know where you're going to go next. What, what is probably the next best move for you to get where you want to go? Mm-hmm. Now, those things have to, be greater than, have to be greater than the cost. And greater than the cost, not just financially, but what's the cost that you're going to have emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, family, all, all different aspects of your life, socially? There's a cost to everything. Mm-hmm. And is that cost going, are you, are you prepared to go through this process and is going through that process a greater benefit to you than the cost that you're going to incur at some point along the line. So that's what I would, I'd like to leave that with your people. You know, dissatisfaction plus a vision plus a process is greater than the cost. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Total Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Total makes effective training easier. Just go to Tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Tortal.net. 
T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. Brett, what, the, what does the process look like? How do you come up with a, what is the process? Well, you know, there are a couple of things that, um, that I think are fundamental to, to the way I approach this. And the first, from an individual perspective, is to, I like to say, begin at the beginning. <laughs> as obvious as that sounds, sometimes we, we start a project and we want, to, we want to jump right in halfway through. But beginning at the beginning is, a, is more than just where you're going to be starting or, or taking off from. It's also about intimately understanding, understanding yourself as an individual and doing a, a personal inventory. This is sometimes, I think a lot of people don't spend the time that they need to, to go through this process and, they, and to come up with a clear understanding of what they can do and what they can't do, what they're prepared to do, what they are prepared to do, where they can make compromises, what do they need to learn. So going through that personal inventory will give you a baseline. This isn't a time to start fibbing to yourself. This is, yeah. this is the time to, to get real with, with you and say, you know, I can do that, but, you know, the bottom line, I don't really like to. So yeah. maybe that's something I need to delegate or find a workaround or partner with somebody or, or find somebody who has done it and hack their solution as quickly and as easily as I can to get me through that, that bit of a mobile hill or that bit of a stumble that's in my way. Understanding yourself at that level allows you to make informed decisions about how you're going to go about it. It also allows you the opportunity to be able to make informed decisions as to who you need on your team. And it isn't that you have to hire people on a full-time basis. You know friends and family that would gladly lend a hand to help you with a particular project that you're working on for a short-term period of time. There are, we, have a, we all have this center of, we're a center of influence in our lives. And we are all blessed with trusted advisors and people that are just so willing to help us if we know what we're asking for, if we know exactly what we want and, and, and what I'm having trouble with. Yeah. And some, maybe it's something you need to learn. Maybe it's something you just need to walk away from. Because I know, you know, my wife says I can fix just about anything in the house as long as I can do it with a heavy, blunt instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at whacking and smacking things. I'm just not too good on the fine finish, you know. <laughs> that still works, all right. That works. That's, a good, that's how I fix a lot of things. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the fiction fret, <laughs> friction fit. <laughs> yeah. It may not look pretty, but it, it'll work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. When it comes to things like that, I know that I need help. I need somebody, I need to have somebody come in or show me or, or, or to work around that, that particular issue that I have so that I can, I, can, I can get past that and move on to the next part. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Total Training. The difference between Total Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. I know that you have a passion for training and education. You know, so maybe let's kind of talk a little bit about training. What are some of the things that you see the best people 
in the training and development space kind of doing right now. Brett, any thoughts or perspective on that? Yeah, Cordell, the one thing that I am most taken back with right now that I'm most excited about is the the whole field of neuroscience and what's what's coming together in, in the understanding of plasticity in our brains. Our minds, you know, we used to believe for many, many years up until just recently that our brains developed and by a very young age, that was pretty well lit. Well, as it turns out now, neuroscience has discovered that that is not necessarily so. We can create new synapses in our brains to do to compensate parts where we've had damage, whether it was from concussion or, or atrophy, whatever, whatever the cause of it is. There are possible ways of being able to still grow and expand our cognitive abilities. And so... You know, you get to my age, Cardell, and that's uh, that's a good thing to know. <laughs> you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, exactly. You can though. You can. Neuroscience proves you can teach an old dog a new trick, <laughs> and he will remember if it's put yeah. in the right way. <laughs> so that's one of the things I think. You know, the implications of uh, neuroplasticity is, uh, you know, it sets a new paradigm for us all to for us all to, to embrace and to understand. And it, it kind of rewrites the agenda for so many of us and how we learned and what we're capable of learning. Mm-hmm. It may take a little longer as we get older, but there's still, we all have the capacity. We all have the co- cognitive ability to be able to adapt and to learn and to move forward. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it can't teach a old dog new tricks is no longer no longer the uh, old wives' tale that it once was, and uh, it doesn't have the credibility that it once did. We can learn more, and we can continue learning well until our senior, senior years. So I'm very excited about that concept. You know, so, Brad, as I think about that from a group of training professionals, you know, what kind of resonates with me is that just being aware of your audience and who you're trying to teach to, and if you're teaching the millennial generation, the baby boomer generation, there is still an aptitude and ability to grasp certain things, but you got to make sure you're positioning in the right way because the mind is still taking in things, but you just got to think about how you're positioning and disseminating information to multiple channels. It's kind of what I think of when I hear you kind of talk from that, from that perspective. And that, that applies so, uh, so accurately, not only with training and development, but day-to-day conversations as well. You know, yeah. when we're communicating one-on-one, when we're talking to people or if we're, we're mentoring somebody or we're coaching somebody, you know, those are the things that we need to be cognitive of and, and, and be very, very open to and receptive to changing or, or modifying the point we're trying to make so that it's going to resonate with, their, with our audience, whether that's an audience of one or an audience of 5,000. Yeah. The issue is still fundamentally the same. It's a conversation that's happening. So, Brett, maybe let's go to the other side of it. So we talked about some of the great things that people are doing in training. What are some of the things that maybe leave some area for opportunity that are really not people are not doing the right way from a training perspective? Any thoughts or perspective on that? Yeah, Cordell, I think that when, uh, based on what we've talked about so far, I think when the big thing is, is when people come up with a, uh, a one-size-fits-all solution where there isn't any flexibility to accommodate the individual interpretation of what's being said or what's being promoted. You know, when, when people start to 
speak and 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 present as a as the definitive source with the only solution that's just such a missed opportunity and that kind of goes in with what we've been talking about so far you know you've got to have your conversation to be open and so that can be received by a number of different people from a from a variety of different backgrounds for exponentially number of applications and it's being that kind of open and and having those kind of variables available for the interpretation of your audience so that they can take the information that's available and apply it in a meaningful way to facilitate some personal growth or personal development on their on their own on their own uh, playing field you know when push comes to shove when you know when you get up in the morning you put your feet in your shoes there's only room for one one pair of feet in there so it's it's about being able to take those take those moments and being able to apply the lessons to your life at, as you see fit okay. to make those modest shifts so that you can eventually affect change but it's an incremental process, not something that's going to happen overnight. And I think when people stand up in front of a group of people and say, you know, you do it this way, you follow A, B, and C, and you're going to change the world, I think they're, they're doing a disservice to not only their audience, but the premise that they're trying to promote. I know you get the opportunity to talk with a lot of business leaders, businesses, and see a lot of different companies and organizations. Are you finding that people or companies are willing to make the investment and allocation for training and development that is needed out there? Are you seeing it's too much, too little right in the middle? What's any thoughts or perspective on the investment that companies are willing to make in training at this point in time? You know, I think that there is a real, I think that there is a real um, openness for corporations to employ trainers, to look at new ideas, to make investment in their employees like never before. But saying that, but saying that there has to be a business reason for it. There needs to be something in place that's going to pay dividends. It's not like fun Friday and we're just going to have the afternoon off. There has to be a message that has has benefits to the corporation because the corporations are investing large amounts of time, money, energy, and effort to provide this. And there needs to be a, a corresponding relationship, a value relationship. And whether that is to enhance the culture within an organization, to improve retention, to look at enhancing sales and bottom line and additional revenue. Those are, are all fundamental to, to the organization and a byproduct of the investment they want to make in their people. And because otherwise, I mean, they would just give you the Friday afternoons off, and that's and that's not going to be serving anybody anything in a long term basis. It, it's unique and it's fun on occasion, but it's not uh, it's not something that's going to be serving the greater good of the organization, which inevitably is writing the paychecks. So we we need to, it's a relationship. There needs to be a corresponding value for both sides. A corresponding value business reasons. So as you get ready to go talk to management, you're not just talking about training just for the sake of training because this is what we've always done, but we're thinking about the business implications, the business reasons that we need to do this training. Here's what it's going to do for us. That's kind of what I'm hearing from that. Is that, is that accurate? 
Yeah, that is absolutely accurate. You know, the bigger the problem you can solve for the organization, the better the opportunity you're going to have with that organization for to 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 work with them to collectively, you know, because again, that's, they need to be co-opted to that process. I think a lot of people come in and they have a message and, but they don't do the research to see how their message, I'm not suggesting the message should change. The message should not change, but how you present the message should change based on the audience. And that takes a little bit of legwork, a little bit of work, a little bit of interviewing, a little bit of, communication back and forth with all levels of management and and the target audience. So um, having open communication is really a starting point to to this whole process, Cordell. And it's, uh, I, I think, something where you just don't show up and start talking. There's the planning, the preparation, getting it, getting in there and getting your feet on the ground and understanding what what people are dissatisfied with, what what the problem actually is, or what the motivation is for the corporation and the individuals, whether it would be you know enhancing culture or whether it's uh, it's, it's increasing sales for the sa- with the sales staff. What are what are we coming up against? Because every every market is has its unique nuances. Not anyone there isn't anyone out there that is. Um, had rewritten the book on problems. You know, we all have some common denominators when it comes to problems. We may think that they're unique to only me, but unfortunately, you know, we all go through them in some other, in some way, form, or fashion. What is unique is the the idiosyncrasies, the nuances that uh, that may may be in your market that I don't have in mine. Yeah. Maybe it's competitive influences. Maybe it's you know, personal preferences of the buying public or or maybe it's uh, competitive employers that are are taking the best people out of existing oper- existing shops and in uh, workplaces Brent, thank you very much this has been incredible i've really enjoyed it very very enjoyable thank you our audience uh, for joining us we certainly hope that you'll continue to come back for others take care and have a great day everybody bye-bye This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.